Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the NEFA Coaches Corner, December 2021. For regular viewers, you'll already have noticed that I'm without my usual co-host, uh, Spencer Fern, who unfortunately can't be with us uh, this evening. I'm like ant with no deck, cloth with no tailor. I'm like a conservative MP with no Christmas party to, to, to go to. I really do feel a little bit strange, but I'm sure it's going to be absolutely uh, fine. We've got another fantastic uh, guest on this evening, and I'm really looking forward not only to asking him loads of questions, but also hearing loads from you guys as well uh, and the questions that you've got for him. So let's crack on and let's welcome uh, Dan Matici um, of Arsenal. Dan, how are you? Well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Thanks so much uh, for being with us um, this evening. I mean, Dan, you know, you've had a, you've had, you really have had a stellar coaching career. Started at Palace, onto Spurs, uh, before moving to MK Bonds. Um, you held loads of roles, you know, assistant academy manager, head coach, the 15-16s, eventually head of coaching and then also heading up the first team as well. You know, some great players that you work with there. Deli Ali speaks really highly, um, obviously, about you and the time you spent together there as well. Then you moved on um, from MK Dons um, onto England as the National Technical League for the 12-16s. Uh, you were head coach at the 15-16s that won the night tournament in 2015. I think we're going to beat Brazil in that tournament as well. I think there's lots of co uh, players that were part of that group that went on to be part of the under-17 World Cup winning squad as well. And then, and then of course, you've moved on um, to Arsenal, um, where you're the phase lead for the 17s, 23s and the under-18s uh, head coach. So, Dan, you're such a you know, vastly knowledgeable, experienced player developer, and we're really, really thankful um, uh, of your time this evening. No, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, good stuff. Uh, well, we've got so much to um, uh, to, 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 to get through. Um, and I know we've got some questions planned. Uh, but, guys, I do want to say straight straight away, if you do have a question um, for Dan, please get it in the Q&A box. Um, if you've got any general comments about any of the answers or anything you're hearing, then the chat box is fine. For any questions that you want to ask Dan, um, get them in the Q&A box um, and we'll get through as many um, as possible throughout the evening. Um, let's start Let's start uh, where you are, where you are now at Arsenal. I think you've been there about three years now. Can you just tell us a bit more um, uh, about your roles at Arsenal? Yeah, so um, I'm head coach of the under-18s, so that involves day-to-day um, -day running of that programme as the head coach um, on and off the field, um, supported by a great group of um, staff. Um, we have a um, big team of staff. Um, okay. We're very fortunate at a club like ours, who are full time. Um, and, um, you know, they can assist um, us in all areas really to help the players. And, um, and then also phase lead for the 17s to 23s. Um, so we run um, regular 17s games program um, obviously, we have an under-23s team and um, we also put in um, ad hoc under-19s games as well uh, because we have 
um, big group of players and we want to make sure that every player is getting exposed to enough games and um, and the right training. So, um, you know, my my role sort of as, as the phase lead, I'm sort of um, working at sort of across that phase really and making sure that um, I support the staff and the coaches as much as I can and making sure that everything's aligned really because having having worked in the night in the 15s and 16s um on our other side hail end i'm very aware of the work the excellent work that goes on there so i try to align our phase with theirs yeah yeah i was gonna ask that then so i mean how much time do you actually spend with you with the younger age groups making sure that those two worlds aren't too dissimilar yeah so um we, we make sure that we visit hail end regularly um to, to to ensure that um you know, we 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 sort of, we might be two sites, but we're one club. Um, and um, um, having been there, like I said, for my first sort of two and a half years, um, I kind of um, helped um, create, along with a number of other people, a lot of the methodology that we have in place. So um, it was just ensuring that um, that was something that we could um, build on. Um, in this phase as, as well as adding to the good work that had been taking place before as well mm. so you, you mentioned that you've got a, a, you know a, a big staff you know to meet on that bone how many how many people have you got working with you um well i mean we've got basically the coaching model is we have a head coach and then we have two assistants so the, the head coach looks after is responsible for the playing style and the team tactics yeah um the one of the assistants focuses on game insight uh, which is more around sort of decision making and positioning of units okay. and um, and then the, the third coach is responsible for individual techniques so they focus more on the individual and their execution of techniques their body position and the way they're receiving the ball attacking defending um, so that's the sort of coaching model we have then we have um, goalkeeping coach um in the under 18s who is full-time we have um in our performance department we have um snc coach we have a physio uh we have a nutritionist um we have um psychologist uh we have player care we have um head of education um as well as um i'm going to forget somebody here we have um, <laughs> yeah we have our, man, kit man. You know, Don't forget the kit man. Yeah, kit man. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, analyst, um, operations department. Yeah, so there's, you know, which involves, you know, transport to, um, you know, the day to day operations, um, the administration uh, side of things. Um, yeah, and obviously we've got the kit department as well. So, um, yeah, we have a number of departments. I've, I've probably missed someone out. Uh, and if I have, I apologise <laughs> to them. Um, and, and likewise, we have the same again at under 23s. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, um, yeah, we, we um, you know, we, we're very fortunate. You know, we've got full-time coaches at every age group from under nines um, right the way through. I mean, from, from pre-academy, really, um, right the way through. Yeah. In terms of in terms of your own your own personal training schedule with the 18s, then um, you know, how, how often how often are you working together? How, how with the games program as well? Yeah, I mean we we basically we train on a Monday, um, which is like a re 
like a it's a bit of a hybrid session really because yeah. if we have a 17s game that will be on a Tuesday so uh, we'll have some players who are on sort of a restart day having played on the Saturday yeah. and other players who um, are on a game day minus one yeah. uh, then we have on the Tuesday so for example tomorrow we'll have a group who are training and that'll be more of our football fitness sort of extensive day Sure. Um, whereas the others have actually got a game tomorrow night. Um, so that works well that their game is on the same day as our football fitness day. Um, and then on a Wednesday, they have, they're, they have education, so they don't train on a Wednesday. Thursday is more of an in intensive training session, so sort of smaller areas, um, more sort of explosive distance. Uh, but at, at all times, we're still always practicing our playing style and trying to develop the individual. Um, and then Friday, again, it's, it's a bit of a mixed session because some are on a game day minus one um, and some won't be playing the next day. And, you know, they'll be in on the Saturday and be part of a training group. So, um, so that's generally how the week goes. Um, we also, how, how, big, how big's the group, Dan? How, how big's the playing group? I mean, I mean, you're allowed, under the regulations, you're allowed 30 scholars. Yeah. Um, and we have 29. Um, which sounds a lot, but when you factor in four or five or with the under 23s at all time, that, that then brings it down. And then you might have, what you know, you know, at some stage, some of them will be away on international duty or some will be, some might, you know, be injured or ill. Um, so, but, you know, the, the, the high number, you know, definitely has its benefits in terms of, um, you know, you're giving more opportunity to young people. Um, and also, you know, it helps with, with your training sessions as well. Um, and hopefully that competitiveness that they can sort of drive each other. Absolutely. Well, speaking of speaking of young people, Arsenal have I've had a pretty good time of it over the past couple of seasons uh, with, with, with some unbelievable talents. Obviously, you know, the, the, the ones that have obviously got the headlines, the Saka, Smith Rowe. Um, as, as well, but I know there's other players uh, in in the academy. Uh, Tino is it as, as as well? Who are really really well well regarded. Um, that's probably come after a bit of a break, really, of uh, Arsenal producing players for the first team. So, what do you what do you see sort of changing um, in terms of one these players being able to produce being produced, um, and then also obviously opportunity as well. Yeah, I mean, I think um, EPPP had a big impact on youth development in this country. Um, you know, or yeah, I do. I mean, I think um, you know, it's, from from that question, I gather um, you don't agree. But, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think I have seen um, definitely it's had a positive impact on the games program. Yeah. I know it hasn't benefited every club because. You know, it's it's um, the Cat One clubs have obviously, um, you know, been exposed to more um, tournaments, etc. But I think the games program has improved considerably. So when I was at the FA, I remember the Arsenal 2001 year group. We had about seven or eight in in one England um, year group from Arsenal, right, okay. and and that was sort of in that period where the games program was really thriving. Um, and um, when the when the players would come to us, they'd often have already experienced playing against a lot of these um, 
their foreign counterparts in club competitions. So um, I think that's been a massive um, benefit, obviously being at a club like Arsenal as well. Um, you get invited to some top um, tournaments, um, the under 18s, the year before I got this role, um, they went to Bali. Um, you know, when, when I speak to uh, one of my colleagues, Ken Gillard, about that tournament, he, and he says good work things about it. Um, yeah. It was with teams like Real Madrid, um, yeah. etc. And, you know, and, and then you factor in as well um, the experience you actually get culturally as well. Um, so you're not they're not just developing as P players, but they're also developing as people. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, the increased contact time, um, the um, I think the demographics of the country has changed mm. um, over the last uh, few years. So we've got a different type of yeah. um, player in this country. I think the, the improvement in the Premier League yeah. coaches have got better mm -hmm. from seeing what the, the Premier League product uh, we can only learn every week. You know, we're very fortunate. Our club with our manager and his coaching staff, you know, the work they do is outstanding. Um, and then obviously it filters through to, to yourselves within the club. But then obviously you put the TV on and analysis has, has, has really developed um, on Sky, et cetera, and BT Sport, mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, the, the managers in the Premier League and playing different systems and, um, different what solutions for playing out of a press etc yeah, yeah. can only that helps coaches improve and then if coaches are improving so are clubs mm. I, I'm struggling to get past this tournament in Bali to be honest I think I think that's one we all need to get to isn't it yeah I wouldn't mind going myself <laughs> now that sounds absolutely incredible fantastic yeah I mean obviously you know the, 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 those two guys Saka Smith Smith Rob who's the next one and who's who's the next one that's there that you really feel um as as as, as developed enough to be yeah. you know, the real shout i mean you know i haven't got a crystal ball but i mean i think the the older ones are the ones that you sort of will look to next so um flow flow balligan today has run um player of the month in um in the under 23s league um and um you know he's he's been incredible this year both on and off the pitch um and, you know, obviously he's had some first team exposure as well. He's in the England under 21 set up. So, um, you know, there's there's a number of players who, um, you know, I, I, I could name. Um, but, you know, obviously they need that opportunity and and you never know until they're, they're put into that position. Um, so, um, you know, I remember Alex Inglethorpe at Liverpool saying to me once, um, I don't know a player until I watch them play in front of the crowd for points. Um, so it's, it's really, very difficult to tell what you do now is that they've got the potential and um, as long as they keep working hard every day and um, they have that obsession with improving every day, then, you know, they, they, then, you know, they, they've got a fantastic opportunity. Mm. So this, you know, you talk about this obsession with improving, is, is that the kind of rock of the, of the values and the culture within the academy? I mean, it's one of them. I mean, um, our caddy manager, Per, again, we're very fortunate to have someone like him who's won the World Cup. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he's been there, done it. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, he's very um, um, big on um, having a champion mentality, that drive to improve, that drive to challenge, being accountable um, every day mm. uh, for yourself. Um, about us 
creating a, a caring and challenging um, environment for the players and getting that balance between the two. Um, you know, and you know, we we want lifelong learners. You know, we want we want players who um, really value their education, uh, but they also value being students of the game. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it is there is a lot of expectation on them, yeah. um, but we think yeah. uh, that that is the only way to succeed. Yeah, I mean, you know, th there is a presumption, isn't there, that um, players who are scholars at Arsenal um, uh, are not only sort of elite athletes, but they would also have that have that attitude towards learning. Those values within that culture naturally to all the players, or no? I mean, I think they're they're all very different, and you never get the perfect player. You know, they don't they don't tick every single box. Um, our job is to try and get them to tick as many boxes as possible, whilst mm. um, maintaining their individuality and and developing that what what their strengths are um and recognizing that they're all different and they respond to things in different ways but you know your culture doesn't function if um it's one rule for one and one rule for another so mm -hmm. um you know we're, we're we're very big on um creating boundaries and um at, but also a, a, an enjoyable environment as well so um you know as as they say you know the one thing people like um hate more than rules is no rules so yeah. <laughs> you know you have to have something in place otherwise the thing just collapses um yeah. and doesn't function yeah so how does that manifest itself then within the academy i mean i can imagine per Mertesacker rocking up on day one reading the riot act is, is probably enough for most of them mm. um but, you know what are give us an example of some of these boundaries that that, that do exist yeah i mean um I mean, it, it can be anything from punctuality, for example. If um, you know, if you're late for a meeting, whether you're a player or a member of staff, the door gets closed. You know, when the meeting starts, you don't wait for people who are late. Yeah. Um, and if um, um, you know, and if they don't communicate why that why they were late, then you know, you 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 know that that's something which you'll sort of hold them accountable for because the very least we can do is communicate with each other. So things like, you know, I mean, we, we, our values are discipline, humility and respect. So, um, you know, things like leaving the opposition changing room tidy, for example, which I know is quite sort of standard now practice yeah. for most people. But, you know, it is it, it's it's not something which is just a given um, when we go to a hotel uh, for a, a sort of a, a sustained period of time we're away for a tournament or something we'll ask to be given the tray so we can put our own plates away so so people aren't taking our plates for us so we try and put things in place which um you know remind people and keep our feet on the ground because it's very easy to get carried away when you're um in professional sport um and um yeah in terms of sort of respecting um each other you know, so and and being disciplined, so meeting deadlines. If we do a, a review of a game, for example, we have a player tracker, which is on like a red, amber, green system. And um, you know, if you if you complete that on time, you get a green. If you're late, you do it. You get an amber, and if you don't do it at all, you get a red. And they all and, get and to and see do, that. Do the whole group see that? Or yes, yes. 
Yeah, and it's not a sort of name and shame or anything like that. What you're doing is you're actually celebrating the ones who have done it. And in the main, they're they're very good. Yeah. And and what you, you try and educate them on is we're asking you to do this. So um because we're really interested in your thoughts about the games. Yeah. But also um, you know, to help you with that lifelong learning pillar, lifelong learner pillar. Um, and it's also teaching them about um you know being responsible for themselves as well so um yeah we've we've got a number of things which we do player leadership groups um you know anything from a, a lot of it is to do with um you know they've got a busy schedule and and they've got to be able to get themselves in get themselves to different place on time we have again we're very fortunate that we have our own app with our schedule on and um if they ever ask me what the schedule is, I'll tell them, I'll just divert them to the app and just say it's on the app. Um, and, how, um, how, many, how many times a week do you have to say get the app? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I can, I, I, I'm not just saying it, I can count on one hand this season how many okay. times, Sorry. you know. Dropped, yeah. But, um, you know, but on those occasions when that does happen, I think, you know, or they might say, um, can you send me what the schedule is? I'll just say, no, it's on, it's on the app. Yeah. that's what it's there for yeah. and the reason why I'm like that is because when they go with the first team they'll be using that app and you know somebody might not be there with the first team who would give them the schedule so you, you're trying to prepare them for what's coming next yeah and I was I was gonna I was gonna make that point because the, the, the reality is is mm. that some of the non-things non-football things required to be successful mm. in a first team um, are the things that you're talking mm. about as well and, and and so, so how 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 uh, reflective um, in terms of the boundaries, the disciplines, is what goes on uh, with you versus what goes on in the first team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's very similar. I mean, you know, we won't have fine systems in place and things like that, but yeah. um, and you know, there's there's the sort of safeguarding element and things like that. So you've got to always be mindful of these things, and you you mm. know, they don't drive some of them and. You know, so you've got to always be mindful of um, there might be an explanation for something and sure. you need to ask why did that happen and, yeah. and show that empathy. Um, and, it, and I guess it's when something becomes sort of a recurrence and you think, well, there's a bit of a pattern here. What's going on? Mm. Um, are they having late nights? What, you know, are they, um, you know, they're, you know if they're, they're meant to be in their digs and they keep going home. And they've got a longer way to travel the next day. That sort of defeats the object of being in digs. So, yeah. um, you know, they, 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 you know, it's a very demanding, you know, it is what it is. It's an apprenticeship to being a footballer. So yeah. you've, got, you've got to commit to your education and your apprenticeship portfolio and things like that. And um, all that gets fed back. You know, we, we, we have a strong young gunners program, which we run on a Monday and, you know, they need to attend those um, lessons which are sort of about life skills and we have different guest speakers, et cetera. Um, but again, you know, that they signed up for this yeah. and um, there's a lot worse things they could be doing with their days than doing these things. So hopefully Absolutely. they um, find it of use. Absolutely. Um, okay. Let's talk about um, some of the sort of core attributes and qualities that uh, are absolutely requisites to be in. Um, a, a, a part of a, a to be an Arsenal Arsenal scholar, um, and I guess that feeds into the question then to start really in terms of what the methodology is in terms of development. 
Yeah, so, um, I mean, when we look at player effectiveness, we look at um, three things. One, do they influence the game? Yeah. Um, and we do it on a rating system of uh, rarely, sometimes, often and always, yeah. like a one to four scale. Uh, and that will be like a conversation with the player as well. What, you know, what do you think? And then obviously we've, we've also got, I say, obviously we've got objective data that we can draw on. Where okay. Again, we're lucky that Arsenal has their own, owns their own analysis company um, from the Arsene Wenger era. Um, so we can tap into that. Mm. How, do you, how do you objectify that then, Dan, in terms of whether somebody's influenced the game or not? Well, we... The simplest way is: Do they help the team score goals, and do they do do they increase the team's chances of scoring and decrease the chance of conceding? Okay. Um, in 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 its simplest form. Yeah. Um, we then look at um, do, how do they perform within our playing style, and that that then looks into like individual football actions. Yeah. Um, because we we very much look at that when we when we talk about football in our academy, we talk about it in terms of football actions. So we try and um, make it as objective as possible. So um, we're talking about things like pressing and passing and controlling the ball and dribbling, you know, things that you can actually see. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is about um, how well they adapt to any football situation. Yep. So playing away from home against whoever yep. on a Tuesday night, yeah, compared to playing against so and so's formation change um, and and us changing formation, so we look at those things for player effectiveness as well as um, sort of position specific attributes. And you know our playing style is is very demanding on them because you know we 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 pride ourselves on being possession based, um, and you know teams make it very hard for us um, every game. Uh, mm. to play our way so mm. and we, we you know and we we sort of um, try to come up with different solutions in terms of uh, movement or getting free as we call it and as well as technical execution mm. if you were looking at a player you know I'm, I'm sure you're making decisions on your 16s at the moment I'm sure you're looking at other players you know from all over the country and for, for your next scholar squad for, 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 for next year is it are the attributes required position specific or are there some general ones as well? Yeah, I mean, like I said, we look at those football actions, yeah. um, which we then break down into position specific as yeah. well. Um, and um, and also we look across the pillars, you know, um, in terms of, you know, are they a lifelong learner? You know, are, have, do they have a champion mentality? Um, and what are those behaviours that we're looking for? Um, are they an efficient mover as well? So we look at it like the, the FA sort of four corner model, uh, but just, you know, sort of dressed up in a different way, I guess. Mm. Um, but then we, we try and break that down. And, um, and like I said, they're not going to tick every box, uh, but there needs to be a certain level that you, you're sort of aiming for, um, particularly at a club like this, where, you know, ultimately you are trying to get into a Premier League club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, Post-Brexit, uh, there's obviously been some fundamental changes of, you know, academies not being able to sign any under-18 players um, uh, now. Uh, you still have some uh, uh, international players in the academy system from pre-Brexit? And then obviously, has, has that changed the thinking? That's obviously changed the thinking moving forward as well. Mm. 
Yeah, we do. Yeah, I mean, we've got an excellent talent ID department headed up by Lee Heron, mm. um, who's very experienced um, in youth player development. Um, so, yeah, we, we have, um, we, you know, we have a number of um, foreign boys. I mean, we had um, one of our under 18s, who's a second year scholar, um, made his senior debut uh, for Mexico last week. Wow. Um, we're very proud of him. So, yeah, we, um, you know, we're very, um, you know, at a club like this, you are always looking worldwide. Um, and obviously when the rules change, you then adapt your strategy. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, everybody, look, you know, to, to get a scholar at Arsenal, you need to be a very, very, very good player. Um, uh, but um, obviously, those, you know, they, they won't, as you say, they won't have ticked all the boxes. Mm. Um, so, um how do you go uh, about developing the individual? I mean, you mentioned earlier in terms about the head coach and then the two assistant coaches taking on individual roles um, as well. But is, is there a plan in place to develop the individual? Yeah, I mean, for, for example, we do um, four player reviews a year. Yeah. Um, so we sit with so we, we sit with them individually. Um, on a regular basis um, with with those assistant coaches we have a tracking we have a player tracker again for that so um, if you were the game insight coach you might have this week watched our center half um, and then you will feed back to that person uh, the following week on their performance in terms of game insight showing them clips etc mm -hmm. and have that conversation uh, the individual techniques coach might have watched one of our midfield players in terms of individual techniques. Um, and then coupled with that, I do the team tactics review, which, you know, I try to go into a lot of detail and, yeah. uh, you know, whether you're talking about whoever, whoever you're referring to in that review, you, because we, we ask them to um, review that in detail, that information they've been presented. Um, hopefully that's, that's them then developing their, their, their tactical understanding. Uh, we, we also have a system in place for um, doing, the, doing extras at the end of training, okay. uh, led by um, one of the coaches. So he will look at who's, who's, who's got exposed to that yeah. throughout the week. So, so you can, you can um, give equal opportunity to different individuals. Yeah. Um, so that's carefully thought out by him. Um, and like I said, the playing style is very demanding on yeah. each individual. Uh, regardless of what position you play, you might be the goalkeeper or you might be the centre forward. Yeah. You know, the way we play requires a, a high level of um, technical expertise. We know there's going to be mistakes. We know it's going to result in losing games at yeah. times. Yeah. But we also know the rewards are extremely high. Yeah. Um, so, and, and like I said, we've got a very um, comprehensive analysis um, programme yeah. in place as well. Yeah, so you, you, you touched you touched on game understanding there as, as as well. So is that just is that just fostered really just through conversation or uh, yeah? How else how else do you develop game, game, game insight game understanding? I mean, you know, you know, I think from an outside looking looking in at Arsenal, you know, it's obviously I mean, you know, the, all, all the etches of Wenger must still be like you know wrapped around the academy and the club you know all and you know obviously that was was so heavily sort of in understanding what was going on in this thing that we called we call mm -hmm. football um so you know, to what to what extent does that manifest in, in developing the game inside of, 
of your young players? Yeah, I mean, we have a periodization model, yeah. um, which not only physical periodization, but also um, tactical. Sure. So, so um, you know, we work on different areas of the pitch and um, different principles and sub-principles within that. And again, when you're doing that work, um, different players are, um, are developing different areas of their game. Um, and we always link that to our playing style, the types of passes um, we want our players to make. For example, uh, the types of movements we, we try to, um, you know, be quite innovative with how we play, um, you know, and I think my role as the team tactics playing style coach is to make sure I'm staying, keeping up to date with um, the game. So um, I'll, I'll make sure I sort of analyse a game a week. Um, you know, it could be anybody, you know, that's I think relevant or who's sort of caught my eye. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we, we, we have each day is a different type of training session. And then we've got different types of exercises as well, yeah. which then, um, you know, develop the players in different ways. Uh, but we always try to do everything with a ball. We always try to do everything. So when we do, base, for example, change of direction, yep. um, we'll do change of direction link to mid-block pressing, for example. Link, you know, it won't be sprinting to a cone and back. It will be off a stimulus, off um, pitch geography, yep. off um, positioning of certain individuals. Okay. So you're creating those... Um, football references all the time sure and how do you benchmark whether that, that that's been absorbed in the knowledge just in the test of the game or um yeah i mean i think you see it um there and then in terms yeah. of um you know what you're looking for as a coach um and players will be honest with you in terms of um or a lot of players will in terms of um if they can make the links you know you ask yeah. certain questions um, and then you look for the transfer into um, the different exercises that you do. Um, and, and some of it is, you know, you have to explain to them, look, we do this passing exercise, this 4v2 plus 1, because in a game, that's your centre-half, that's your midfielder, that's your wide player, and that's inviting the press to hit the second line, and then you get out. So, And then, and then what you look for is opportunities in games or in our games or, or games on the TV where you can then show, show that video analysis in relation to our training exercises. And then one, once players start to get success with that, then you get more buy-in because, you know, they start to trust what you're telling them more. So you obviously work with Dali uh, um, MK, MK Dons. Was he consciously competent or was he unconsciously competent of the things that he was doing at, at that club yeah no I think he was um I mean I've got to be careful how much I talk about him based on who I work for now but <laughs> no, I mean he was um what I would say about him was he was somebody who didn't want a lot of question and answer he he wanted to just play yeah so he he was the type when people say you know make sure you do a lot of Q&A and things like that for some players, yes, but for others, 
updates so others don't want that others just want to be told in the shortest space in the shortest space of time mm. what is it you want from me and why mm. and mm. once you do that um they'll take care of the rest so mm. yeah he, he was very much like that when we talk about caring and challenging environment that's exactly what um he he need he demanded and and he needed um mm. So, um, and I think just like any any player wants, really, they don't, the, 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 the ones, the, the talented ones don't come there for an easy ride. You know, and I often say to them, listen, I'm here to develop Ballon d'Or winners. I'm not here to just develop a professional footballer or because that will happen just by you being in the building. Um, yeah. Someone's going to be a professional footballer. Yeah, you know, for me that that's not setting the bar high enough. You know, yeah. can we develop a Ballon d'Or winner? Yeah, because that's that's the highest um, you can achieve as a coach. Um, whether it's realistic or not, whether it will happen or not, you know that that's not the point. The point is that you are raising the bar, yeah. and um, you are demanding excellence every single day. Mm, really interesting right just one more from me before we get to the break where you can ask a question and then in the second half guys i can already see some questions in there which is great and we'll start to get through those and and more so, uh, how would you define your methodology then in terms of developing players um and a second part to that question how much has that changed since you've been at arsenal um yeah i mean in terms of developing players, I've always felt that your playing style, your vision of football always sits at the top because okay. um, when, you, when you have a certain vision of how to play, um, that then drives everything you do, how yeah. you train, Makes sense. Um, what, what you speak about, what you praise, um, what you critique. Um, and what you demand of players in all areas of the pitch. Yeah. Um, so, so I always think that um, shouldn't be underestimated how you play um, and the impact that's going to have on on the players. Um, and I don't think there's a right or wrong way, by the way, to do it. It's just your way. Um, and um, you know, most people who come up against my teams, I would like to think, would say. Yeah, there's an identity to how his teams play, whether it's good or not, and whether it results in positive or, or negative outcomes. You know that that's sometimes that's um, not the point. It's just being at being sort of standing standing for something. Getting into the detail of it for us with a with with, with a player. What, what what are the absolute must-haves then in terms of developing a player for the for the elite level? Whether it's body position, receiving skills, what. What, 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 whatever and how does that you've I, I totally agree with you and it makes and it makes real good sense you know defining what your playing style is going to be then obviously everything else needs to fit into that so let, let's say on the basis you know we've got a broad idea of what um you know i imagine your playing style marries up very closely to what uh arteta and arsenal are, are, are trying to are trying to achieve why wouldn't it um so what does that mean for what how players need to develop to the point that they exit you in terms of the, you know, those, those technical bits, their receiving skills, their, their, their linking skills. Mm. What, how, how they develop it or what it is. I mean, for you, how, how do you, uh, as, as, as a coach, what's your methodology around developing yeah. those technical skills? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, the, the methodology is, um, um, like I said, the, the, the types of exercises you do, uh, which um, I think I've evolved as a coach uh, over the years in terms of um, um, how I work on the grass, uh, what, type of, what type of exercises and, um, and how often I do them. And, and um, so, so, for example, um, we tend to do positioning drills as opposed to passing drills. We, okay. we sort of see them as two different things. Yeah. Um, you know, we think there's, you know, there's a place for a passing drill, um, but we would see a passing drill more as it's not in position. It's just, yeah. it can be just sort of part, it could be passing around a diamond and you're working on uh, receiving the ball on your back foot, yeah. um, setting the ball, um, crisp passing, if you like, um, and passing accuracy. Um, whereas positioning drill would be, listen boys we know you can pass the ball from here to there yeah. but you know you're 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 the four you're the seven you're the nine you're the ten and we're we're working more on um team we call it team communication um and they're more sort of movement pattern related um so then you're developing their football references on the pitch or references yeah. um so uh, whether that's um regardless of where that is. Um, so, so the methodology in terms of training, we try to make sure it's in relation to um, our playing style. Yeah. Um, I'd say a big part of our methodology as well is um, the, the analysis side, I think is really big. Um, the, um, how you do, how you take your meetings, um, you know, like I said, what your, emphasizing what you're um what you're not you know that environment that you create for the player you know it, it, so they feel um like they're really clear on what you expect of them and that um you know it's a supportive about challenging environment for them so those those sort of positional drills that you refer to are they are they within a within a game structure are they reflective of the game are they in on a on, on, a, on, a, on a normal shape situational pitch or you know what, what because you know no matter where you go up and down you'll see people you know in sessions doing drills that perhaps aren't reflective of the game mm. uh, that you say are uh, uh, trying to achieve a but actually they're they're they're, they're, do, they're doing b um uh, i mean do, is, is your thoughts that you know every session every drill should be reflective um, of, of the game and be in a game situation? Well, I think it, when you say game situation, um, for me, you know, training should reflect three things, really. It should be specific. It should be player specific, game specific and style specific. So, you know, it's specific to the individuals you have. Um, it's specific to the game of football um itself and it's specific to your style of play you know so because otherwise players just end up um the thing becomes generic and they they end up getting confused really does he want me to go long does he want me to play short um what is it and or when when does he want me when when am i doing this um what does the situation demand so um 
and that's where so the positioning drills are like a passing drill but you're in position there's a direction mm-hmm. as well because obviously in a game of football you defend one end and attack the other and and that's not to say that doing drills where the ball moves in a circular motion um doesn't have a place but mm-hmm. it, it's understanding that you know in the game of football you go f- from one end to the other um mm-hmm. as we know so um and then like i said we're very lucky that everything gets filmed at our place yeah. home and away tr- every trading session yeah. so we have a drill library um so again when we talk about methodology um we we basically cut the drills and exercises that we think um you know have you know help the players um and we we've, we've we've got our own library of those exercises which one helps with your <clears throat> planning so for example if you're um you might be a part-time coach for example who comes in and he hasn't had time to prepare anything yeah. and he, he needs to do a passing exercise with um 11 players yeah and he can go on there and go okay i'm gonna oh yeah i can see the video clip of that um and and, and then on the excel sheet okay. it says all oh, right okay so with 11 players i can do a 4v4 plus three um it's in a 20 by 10 and it's with four mini goals then he can click on the clip and see the exercise for 30 oh, seconds. Nice. But then, but then 10 minutes later, he might get told that, no, you haven't got 11, you've got nine. So rather than again, him panicking, and, and this isn't taking away a coach's imagination. If, if they've got another way, no problem at all. It's, it's to help. And it, it certainly helps me. So I'll just use myself as an example. If I, I, I'm going in tomorrow, and again, if that happened to me, you, you think you've got 11 and then you get in, you have your meeting with the staff and you get told, oh, so-and-so's come in, feeling sore, down to 10. Oh, um, 23's need a player, down to nine. Right, what am I going to do? You, I know now I do a 4v3 plus two, but that's only because I've worked in this way for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That, but to get to that place, um, you need a process in place. So... All our different exercises, um, you know, our positioning games, our finishing exercises, whatever it is, we try and capture best practice as much as we can and um, save those into our library. Um, so, so, and, then, and then, you know, you've got some, um, when we do our CPD events, so our head of coaching, Luke Hobbs, yeah. runs um, playing style CPDs every two months. So, for example, we've got one this Wednesday. And each phase has to present um, on crate to finish the attack. Yeah. Um, and you have five minutes. So in our phase, we've got 15 minutes. So our 17s coach will deliver for five. I'll deliver for five. And the 23s coach will deliver for five. And um, you've got to show how you crate to finish the attack, what principles, what sub principles, show it with video clips. So there's accountability there because if, obviously if you've got nothing to show yeah. or what you show isn't in line with the club's playing philosophy, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to show some training examples as well. Um, so, you know, it's a good methodology because really yeah. what you're doing is you're presenting, you're, you're creating a game model. 
Mm, um, this is this is our game model. This is how we train it. Fantastic. Uh, okay, that takes us to uh, a little break. But as always, um, uh, Dan is going to ask you guys a question. Um, and so in the break, which is just going to be five minutes, jot your answers down in the chat box, and then we will um, uh, discuss them. And then after the break, we'll get through all your questions uh, to Dan. So Dan. What is going to be the question that we're going to ask the group? My question for the group is, and hi, everybody. How do we go about, as a nation, developing Ballon d'Or winners? Wow, good question. Okay, so how do we go about, as a nation, developing Ballon d'Or winners? We're going to have a five-minute break we'll see you then hopefully with some excellent answers so we'll see you in five minutes time 